Greetings, David. And salutations, Graham. Uh, I have a joke for you. Wonderful. What is it? Why did the librarian fall down? He stepped in a book well? No, it's because she was in the non-friction section. Oh, what? Oh. Yeah, pretty slippery in the non-friction section. You know, that that's a thinker joke in a way. It's, um... Excellent. It's either really great. It's really great. Or it's not really. Uh, five and a half. All right, we'll take six. it. Uh, nope, yep, yep, six. six. Six is it. We'll do a six. This, this show came from a listener. Her name is Holly, so we're going to bump it up to a seven. Se- oh, a seven. Good job. I'm going to bump job. it up. I like that because it makes you think for a second, and it's a joke that takes some knowledge. But you know what else makes you think? What? The joke I'm about to tell you. Tell me. Okay. So, Graham, where do astronauts keep their astronaut food snacks? In the black hole. In their launch box. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Solid, right? Launch box. What we've discovered this season is that there are a number of decent astronaut-themed jokes out there in the world. Do you think they're all from astronauts? They got a lot of time up there. Oh, I never thought about that. The best joke writers in the world are mainly just people who are hanging out in space. The main joke writers in the world? Are not in the world? Is that what you're saying? It's because they don't have grav... You know nah, what? Nah. We're going to have to think about it. You know what? Enough of the nonsense. Let's get on with the nonsense. Welcome back to Withy Windle, a whimsical, interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and groan-worthy jokes featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's part book club, part game show. It's an adventure through the wild world of wordplay. I am David Kern. And I am confidently Graham Pittman. <sighs> One thing we have learned this season is that finally Graham is confident in who he is, or at least what his name is. This is going to be a wonderful episode because our guest later on is none other than Mr. John Erickson, the author of now 79 he's working on the 80th hank the Cowdog books and we chatted with him unbelievable it's a, it's a, so many books uh, so if you like the hank the Cowdog books you're going to enjoy that conversation if you don't enjoy the hank the Cowdog books and you've never read them you're still going to enjoy that conversation yeah. and you need to find those books go to your library or, or no you know what you could do you could come to concord <laughs> and you could go to goldberry books you could and go to the cow dog section the kid and that, look under H and find yeah, look Hank. Look under cow dog, the cow yeah. dog section. You don't want uh, like um, Arvin the cow dog. Right. That, yeah, that's Hank true. the cow dog. That's true. That's true. So we also are going to have snack time, lazy words, story time, and riddle time. But before we do that, Graham, we need to remind the people about that one King Arthur book that is out from our mm-hmm, friends at mm-hmm. Cersei Press that you, that you worked on. You worked on the cover. You know, I actually have a stack of them in my car right now. Because outside. it is no longer just on pre-order it is now on sale on order <laughs> on order uh post order post, wait no you don't want post order it's, it's um it's order. on sale i think on sales which yeah it was what you want okay um so if you like knights or princesses or wizards then this is the book for you it is a new collection of arthurian legends that feature some of the most beloved tales like the finding of the sword and the stone and also some stories that maybe you've never heard of before like the tale of balin and balin and of course, there is a story about a young woman who wants to be a knight, but has to prove himself worthy, even while a young maiden asks him to do silly things, as young maidens are sometimes wont to do. This is a very special version of the Arthurian tales, because it's designed specifically for what, Graham? 
Uh, reading aloud. Or reading aloud. It's got questions you can ask while you're reading. You can take a little pause and ask those questions, or you can wait to the end and you can talk about the, the questions at the end of the stories. You could just skip the questions altogether or wait and use them later and just read the stories. But the point is that this makes reading aloud as a family engaging and simple. And I mean, the King Arthur stories are legendary. I mean, they're, they're, they're legends, but they're also legendary legends, if you get what I'm saying. I do understand what you are saying. So check that out. Graham, how can people get access to the order for, <laughs> to the ordering yep. mechanism? You will write a check um, to Graham Pittman. Okay. G-R-A-E-M-E. Yep. And don't fill in an amount, but sign the check. Okay. And you right. will mail it to the bookstore and I will take it, I will deposit it, and I will eventually mail you a book. And you'll get a book out of it. No, so no, no. Tell your parents these exact instructions and see what they say. <laughs> to get this book, you will click the link in the show notes of this episode. That is right. Or go to searcyinstitute.org slash store. Um, it's, a, it's a really good book. I was looking at today the covergram. Again, it looks great. Mm. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of great uh, quality uh, imagery on that cover. So bravo to you. I think Thank people you. will like having it on their shelves. I was it's really I was really happy with the uh, typeface. It yeah. took a long a lot of iterations, a it, lot of trial and error to it find did. a really good one. It and did, I'm yeah. very excited because I as I've been told we're going to do a volume two and maybe a volume three, and I want to make those covers immediately. There are lots of great King Arthur stories, so um, it's a it's a it's a really um, Really quality book, I think. And so I, I think that everyone who gets it for their families will, will enjoy it. If you listen to this podcast, I think it'll be up your alley. Okay, speaking of uh, things that are up the alley of listeners of this podcast, Graham, it's snack time. Oh, thank goodness. And last week, we ranked English candy. Because yep. I came back from England and I brought different English candies and I specifically had English chocolate for us to rank. Well, Graham, you know, you, you also had, had a, a boiled... A boiler, a boiling. Yeah, those those were delicious. A boil, not a boil. No, I didn't have a boil. But it's no. still in my teeth, whatever it is. It's, and it that was very good. Okay, so this week, I know, know we're going to do something we've never actually done before. I know what it is. What? Rating Croatian confections. Well, this is a genius idea, but one that I can't necessarily accomplish right now because I haven't been to Croatia. Well, I'll go to World Market. That's true. Do you think they have Croatian candy? They might have market? one. Croatian confections. We should, we should Google Croatian confections and figure out what the... Uh, we have a we is. have a big Croatian listenership, so they'll probably write us in and tell us um, what they eat in Croatia. We have a big Croatian listenership? Well, we have one. We have one. Pro- okay, great. But, well, my wife's, <laughs> my wife's family is is for, is croatian so we'll have to ask them they, oh yeah they eat strudel and stuff like that um, I'll, I'll rank some strudel but we're gonna rank five traditionally popular american chocolate bars we've we've talked about american chocolate but we've never actually you know we've eaten things here and there but we've never ranked them well speak so, for yourself i rank i rank american chocolate every night i mean i i literally rank, routine that's literally what i do all day is rank stuff no but, well i do it all day more oh n- <laughs> I Wait, do it all night. And I'm a better ranker than you are. Fine. All right, let's do it. I'm higher on the ranking of rankies. What do we got here? Okay. But do you rank your rankings afterwards? What kind of ranker doesn't rank his rankings. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do this in a haphazard order. We have Hershey's Chocolate Bar, which we know that Daniel Nyeri does not enjoy. The, 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 um, the original milk chocolate Hershey's Bar. OG. We have Kit Kat. Break me off a piece and so forth. Mm-hmm. We have Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, which uh, usefully comes with two of them. We have 
Twix also usefully comes with two of them. Mm-hmm. And we have a Snickers bar. So we have a variety oh of chocolate. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank these. We're you not going to eat all this. Don't sorry. eat the whole thing. Just take a bite and then keep a little bit in front of you so you can put them in order again. You can't eat the whole thing. Otherwise, how can you rank it? What are we starting with? Okay. Let's start with Snickers. Okay. So I'm going to open this Snickers bar up. I'm going to toss you a piece across the room. Okay. Here. Here we go. Snickers bar. We know that Snickers bar has nougat. It's got caramel and peanuts. And I've always found them yummy uh-huh. and hearty, but like they they take work to chew. I feel like the muscles in the back of my neck get a workout when I eat a Snickers. I wonder if Snickers. I wonder what's the best selling out of all of these. I wonder if it's Snickers. Mm. Maybe a Reese's peanut butter. I cup. don't know. I'll have to look this up. All okay. right. I love a Snickers. Okay. Put that there. So how, where is it currently in your ranking? It's first and last. Oh. Okay. Same with you. We're tied. All right. Hershey's. Now, Daniel Nairi was very critical. Very critical of the Hershey's. Let's see if he's right. Yeah, but he's eating like $50 That's uh, true. Here, I'm Romanian now. chocolate. Okay, now, there's a bunch of little, you know, the Hershey's comes in these, you know, there's, there's a reason why these are great with s'mores, right? Because they come in yeah. multiple, there's, there's like, what, 12 little pieces, right? Rectangles. Little rectangles. It really is much better with other stuff. I really like it. Um, it is certainly milk chocolate. Like, it's a lot of milk. Um, it's not a dark well, chocolate. What the Daniel Nyer said was, was in it? That he was like sour milk or something? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Powdered milk? So, Snickers or Hershey's? Uh, Snickers. Okay. What about you? Agreed. Snickers? Yeah. Then Hershey's. Okay. Kit Kat time. Oh, I haven't had a Kit Kat in a long time. My son really likes them, and I don't. My mom uh, he likes- doesn't share them. <laughs> <laughs> right, here you go. <laughs> so this also one thing that I've noticed about them. These all come in like multi, you, you break off a pizza. Yes, and like this Kit Kat comes with four. Twix comes with two. Reese's comes with two. But those English chocolates, they didn't really have that so much. I mean, Mm-mm. the Cadbury did. I like the wafer. wafer. Oh wait. It's Kit Kat. People have a very unique, some people have a very unique way of eating these. Where they're like, are you doing it now? Where they chomp off like the top chocolate and then they try to separate a wafer out. I've never had the patience for that. But, oh, yeah. Um, I know some people do that. This is in the middle for me. I imagine this is your top one. So Snickers is still your favorite? Yeah. Um, I kind of like the texture, how light and crispy it is. But mm-hmm. I think the Snickers tastes better. Got it. So for that perspective, I think Snickers is more. There's more going on. You got caramel yeah, and more complex. Peanut. Okay, you choose Twix or Reese's peanut butter cups next. Twix. Okay. Is it left Twix or right Twix? We gotta establish. Um, Depends on your perspective. It doesn't say. Okay. Here you go. Catch. He just dropped it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do my job. Okay. Twix. Huh. Caramel. The wafer. You have the cookie like the Kit Kat, but it's thicker, so it's more crunch, and then you get the caramel. Oh, I love this. And um, the texture of the chocolate drizzle on there. Two cookie bars. All right. And my favorite so far. Second. You, you have the second? Yeah. I love Twix, but I I really love Snickers. So, a Snickers, are you a mini Snickers guy? Sure. You like those where it's like you throw the whole thing in your mouth? Or would you rather have the full bar? What kind of a question is that? Would no, you rather okay. have less Snickers? No, no, no. I'm not asking, would you like to have 
Let's say you have the same amount of Snickers. You oh, get like five minis? Five or minis or one regular size. One, one. regular. Okay. All I don't right. want to unwrap five things. <laughs> That's too much things. Let's say I'm at your house unwrapping them for you. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want that. Okay. Well, that means the last but, but I do love Halloween. Is uh, a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Legend. Yeah. Another legend. Okay. Oh, this, this one has that smell. You know, you open it up. It comes with the little... It's got the extra wrapper... Graham hates because he hates rat unwrapping things. <laughs> I'm never going to celebrate Christmas again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not opening another thing. The peanut butter kind of, the chocolate is kind of melting and the peanut butter melts in your mouth. Mm. It's so good. To me, yeah. That's, that's number one for me. Okay. So what's your order? We're then? very similar. What's your order? Uh, Reese's Snickers Twix Kit Kat Hershey Bar. Mine is Reese's. Twix, Snickers, Kit Kat, Hershey bar. It's almost the same. I would say for me. Oh, wait. No, we're not almost the same. We're a little mixed up. Well, the Twix, and my Twix is higher. Twix is higher for me than you. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are different. Okay. For me, there's a big gap. The first two are peanut butter cup and Twix, then a gap, then Snickers, and then, a, and then Kit Kat, and then a big gap to Hershey. Yeah. Um, if you would have given me a... Like those those uh, Reese's cups that are like shaped like a bunny or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Or <laughs> yeah, an yeah, egg? Yeah, like, yeah, the theme, the holiday ones. Yeah, or... that would have been in the middle of my ranking because you need the edges. Absolutely. The texture. Absolutely. I don't like it when they're smooth and I don't like the white chocolate ones. That's weird. I, I, you like the Reese's with the, the Reese's pieces in it inside they do what they do but that's because they make the Reese's peanut butter cup extra large I don't like I don't like that but you I like love Reese's pieces yeah okay yeah you are weird for what? not liking those two things together I don't dislike them I just rather have them separate okay that's fair question for you mm. I was at the store thinking okay what are the five this felt like the five that are the staples right yeah Butterfinger you like Butterfinger yeah I do where would you rank it in here um Right after Twix. Right in the middle. Okay. Right in the middle. Uh, Baby Ruth. Oh, I like Baby Ruth. That'd be middle bottom, though. Okay. What about... I almost was... I was going to get a Caramello. Where is that for you? Very high. <laughs> it would probably be right after Peanut Butter Cups for me, but I felt like it wasn't, you know... It's not the standard. Like, these five are like the one, the standards. Yeah. Well, this has been an official... Withy Windle ranking that we don't we don't agree on. Although it'd be fun to try to figure out what the official ranking is. Is there an American chocolate bar that you really love that it's just like it's maybe not like a big seller or other people don't really buy it very often? I mean, I'm a big fan of Almond Joy. Oh, Does that's that a good one. Um, yeah, I, I am too. And but it's, yeah, see, coconut divides people. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Almond Joy as well. Uh, there's a really strange candy bar. I guess it's not chocolate, but maybe it is chocolate. Have you had a zero bar? Yes, I have, but I'm not a, not a huge fan. You like those? I do, but I don't know why. Do you I like don't, I have no idea what flavor it is. is it, it's like a vanilla uh, nougat. I, I, it's so strange to me. And then the other one is Three Musketeers that I actually really like, but I never feel satisfied because it's like so much air. You know what I love that you can only get chocolate. is the 100 grand. I'm oh, a big fan of well, Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like Kinder Bueno? Not, uh, They're not like really. airy and crispy that, you know, more like the Kit Kat. I kind of yeah. like them. 
Okay, well, we need to move on. Uh, we're going to take <laughs> yeah, a quick break, do. and then we're going <laughs> to come back with lazy words. So, uh, which candy are you going to eat now during the break? The uh, Snickers? I'm going to go for the Twix. The Twix. All right. Well, Graham's going to eat a Twix. I'm going to finish this Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and we will, be, we, will, we, we, we will be back in just a second with lazy words. All right, we are back. It is time for Lazy Words. Lazy Words. Last time we said sprinkles. Sprinkles, very lazy word. We asked for some suggestions. Um, Carrie, Noah, and Janelle said candied fairy dust. Very nice, very not nice. That. We could even just call it fairy dust. Tiana said sugarized rainbow. I love that. But she also said hard obstacles, which makes me think... Maybe she's avoiding them. I'm curious about that take. Uh, Carolyn, uh, no, I'm going to come back to that one. Okay. Uh, Annie says, small waxy lengths of delight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Sophie well, Sophie and Kuiper say, food fetty. I love that. Food fetty, yeah, that's good. Uh, Rhiannon says, they should be called rainbow delight. Okay. And then here's this comment from uh, Carolyn. And she this says, Carolyn Givens. Yeah, she says yeah. they are called Jimmy's. In Philadelphia? Jimmy's? Yeah, you've never heard that? Well, I try to avoid Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) No, when she said that... You know I'm not allowed in Philadelphia. I know, I know. Um, I know, it's because you don't like cheesesteaks. The, um, (laughs) the, uh, when I saw that, it jogged my memory of, of of having... having Oh, when you were a Jimmy salesman, a Jimmy Hawker? Yeah. Yeah, they called me... (laughs) Old Jimmy Hawkins. (laughs) Jimmy Hawkins. Old Jimmy Hawkins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, where, uh, what is this? I feel like old Jimmy Hawkins is going to come back later. Uh, You've never heard this Jimmy thing? No, I've never heard this. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. I don't like, think she's making it up. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I know. But now Carrie is an author who it is. She works with you know our friends at Bandersnatch. Friends at Bandersnatch. Yeah. And so um, she is the kind of person who would potentially invent something like this. But in this case, I think she's telling the truth. Okay. Unlike the rest of the conversations we've had with her. <laughs> um, but I'm so curious. I'm going to look this up later. Because it's like, what, I, what What do you say? Like, oh, this is a great cupcake. cupcake. I wish I had some Jimmy's on yeah, it. You know, you, know the, you know the Jimmy John sandwich place? Sure. It's, I bet it's super confusing in, in Philadelphia because you're like... You're going to get some Jimmy's? You're going to get a can, like a donut with a bunch of, uh, like a long john with Jimmy's on it. It turns out you're just getting a sandwich. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So do we have a lazy word for this week? Yep. This week, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to belabor it. Oh, that's fine. Jump right in. It's really bad. It's sticker. Like the thing, like, oh, like a sticker. Like you just stick it on your computer or your wall or your face or. So you slap it on, you stick it onto something and it's a sticker because you sticked it. You stuck it. You stucked it. What if it was called a stucker? Nope. Still lazy. <laughs> All right. So if the kids want to help us solve this particular, particularly egregious example of laziness in the world of words, how can they How can they do that? Two ways. Okay. Email us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com or go to goldberrybooks.substack.com, which I think is also going to be linked in our show notes. It, yeah, it should be. You will yep. also see some other cool stuff there. So go explore around. Uh, so you know what I was thinking? Sometime we should have we should have 
um, kids send in themselves recording how to get in touch with us, and then we should just use their voice because people have heard us say it enough times. That is a great idea. So if you want to have your voice heard on this podcast somehow on your parents' phone, if they have just, an, just give just say your phone number right now, David, so uh, they can all call you and five, leave you a five, message. Five 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 <laughs> five 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 five. <laughs> um, so you, you rec- somehow record yourself describing how people can get in touch with us if they if you want to uh, send in a riddle answer, if you want to send in an illustration, or if you want to uh, send in a lazy word solution. So record yourself, send that to us at the places that you just recorded yourself describing. And, <laughs> no, you know, email it, email we'll, it. Yeah, we'll yeah. include, we'll include a, a couple of, a couple That's of those hilarious. Episodes. I love that idea. really fun. Okay, Graham, we're going to take a quick break. You know what? No, we're not. We're not going to take a break. We're going to mix it up and we're going to jump right into story time. Ooh. Is that okay? Yep. You don't need to take a break, right? No. You don't need to go pee I got anything. all this candy right here. Oh. I So it's my turn to read a story. And oh boy. this week, hey, it's not very nice. Oh boy. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So this week I have a story that is from a, it is a Swedish tale. Mm. It is called Old Nick and the Girl. Nick? Old Nick. Nick, Nick. Yeah. Like St. Nick, but not. And the girl. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Let's go. There once was a girl who was so mad about dancing that she nearly went out of her mind whenever she heard a fiddle strike up. This is exactly it's like your daughter. Yeah, this is the opposite of my daughter. Keep going. She was a very... Your daughter... Wait, your daughter likes to dance. Yeah, she said she was so mad about it. No, but I think it means that she likes to dance. Oh, I see. Yeah, I thought she was so, mad she about so dancing, angry about dancing. Not angry about dancing. Okay, no. okay, okay. Uh, she was a very clever dancer, and, the, and a smarter girl to whirl round in a dance or kick her heels was not easily to be found, although she only had shoes made of birch bark and knitted leggings on her feet. Oof. She swept past at such a rate that the air whistled round her like a humming top. She might have whirled round still more quickly and lightly, of course, if she had had leather shoes, but how was she to get them when she had no money to pay for them? Mm. For she was very poor, this girl, and could ill afford them. So one day, when the fair was being held at Amberg Heath, whom should she meet but Old Nick? Now, there is a footnote here that uh, Old Nick is another name for, like, an evil creature. Oh. In Swedish lore. Oh. He was going to see the fun of the fair, as you may guess, for all sorts of tramps and vagabonds and watch dealers and rogues go there. Tramps, vagabonds, rogues, and watch dealers. Uh, And there, such gentry are to be found. Others of the same feather are sure to flock together. What are you thinking about? Asked old Nick, who knew well enough how matters stood. I'm wondering how I shall be able to get a pair of leather shoes to dance in, said the girl. For I haven't any money to pay for them, she said. Is that all? We'll soon get over that, said old Nick, and produced a pair of leather shoes, which he showed her. Hmm. Do you like these? he asked. The girl stood staring at the shoes. She could never have believed that there were such fine, splendid shoes, for they were not common ones sewn with pitched thread, but real German shoes with welted soles and looked as French as one could wish. German shoes that looked French. (laughs) German shoes that looked French. Yep. Okay. Is there a spring in them as well? She asked. Yes, you may be sure of, said old Nick. Do you want them? 
Yes, that she did. There could be no doubt about that, and so they began bargaining and haggling about the payment until at last they came to terms. She was to have the shoes for a whole year for nothing, if only she would dance in his interest, and afterwards, she should belong to him. She did not exactly make a good bargain, but old Nick is not a person one can bargain with. But there was to be such a spring in them that no human being would be able to swing around quicker in the dance or kick higher than she did. And if they did not satisfy her, he would take them back for nothing and she should be free. With this, they parted. And now the girl seemed to wake up thoroughly. She thought of nothing else but going to dances wherever they might be night after night. Well, she danced and danced and before she knew it, the year came to an end and old Nick came and asked for his due. Those were a rubbishy pair of shoes you gave me, said the girl. There was no spring at all in them, she said. "'Wasn't there any spring in the shoes? That's very strange,' said old Nick. "'No, there wasn't,' said the girl. "'Why, my bark shoes are far better, and I can get on much faster in them than in these wretched things.' "'You twist about as if you were dancing,' said old Nick. "'But now I think you will have to dance away with me after all.' "'Well, if you don't believe my words, I suppose you'll believe your eyes,' she said. "'Put on these grand shoes of yours and try them yourself,' she said. "'And I'll put on my bark shoes, and then we'll have a race so that you can see what they are good for,' mm. she said.' starting to think she might be kind of clever. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Well, that was reasonable enough, he thought, and no doubt he felt there was very little in danger in trying it. So they agreed to race to the end of Lake Freiken and back, one on each side of the lake, which, as you know, is a very long one indeed. If she came in first, she was to be free. But if she came in last, she was to belong to him. But the girl had to run home, first of all, for she had a roll of cloth for the parson, which she must deliver before she tried her speed with old Nick. Mm. Very well, that she might, for he went in fear of the parson. But the race should take place on the third day afterwards. Now, as bad luck would have it for old Nick, it so happened that the girl had a sister, who was so like her that it was impossible to know one from the other, for they were twins, the two girls. But the sister wasn't mad about dancing, so old Nick had not got scent of her. The girl now asked her to take place herself at Frickstad, the south end of the lake, and she herself took up her position at Frick's end, the north end of it. She had the bark shoes on, and old Nick had the leather ones, and so they set off each on their side of the lake. The girl didn't run very far, for she well knew how, not how little running she needed to do, but old Nick set off at full speed, much faster than one can ride on the railway. Wow. But when he came to Frickstad, he found the girl already there. And when he went and came back to Frickstad, there she was too. <laughs> well, you see now, said the girl. Uh, of course I see, said old Nick. But he was not the man to give in at once. One time is no time, that you know, he said. Well, let's have another try, said the girl. Yes, that he would, for the soles of his shoes were almost worn out. And then he knew that what state of the bark shoes would be in. They set off for the second time, and old Nick ran so fast that the air whistled round the corners of the houses in Son and Emtervik. But when he came to Frickstad, the girl was already there, and when he got back to Frickstad, she was there before this time also. Can you see now who comes in first, she said. Yes, of course I can, said old Nick, and began to, try to dry the perspiration off his face, thinking all the time what a wonderful runner that girl must be. <laughs> No, he said, twice is hardly half a time. It's the third time that counts. All right, well, let's have another try then, said the girl. Yes, that he would, for old Nick is very sly, you know, for when the leather shoes were so torn to pieces that his feet were bleeding, he knew well enough what state the bark shoes must be in. And so they set off again. Old Nick went at a terrible speed. It was just like a regular Northwester rushing past, for now he was furious. 
He rushed onwards so that the roofs were swept away and the fences creaked and groaned all the way through Son and Emterdwick parishes. But when he got to Frickstad, the girl was there, and when he got back to Frick's End, then she was there too. His feet were now in such a plight that the flesh hung in pieces from them, and he was so out of breath and groaned so hard that the sound echoed in the mountains. The girl almost pitied the old creature, disgusting as he was. Do you see now? She said that there's a better spring in my bark shoes than in your leather ones. There's nothing left of yours. Well, mine will hold out for another run if you would like to try, she said. No, old Nick had now to acknowledge himself beaten, so she was free. I've never seen the like of such a woman, he said. But if you go on dancing and jumping about like that all your days, we are sure to meet once more, Mm. he said. Oh, no, said the girl. And since then, she has never danced again. For it is not every time that you can succeed in getting away from old Nick. Wow. The end. I love this. (laughs) I love that story. Two things. (laughs) You have thoughts. Two thoughts. Okay. um, Very convenient to have a twin. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So if you're going to pull tricks on old Nick, have a twin. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, maybe hide a bicycle in a bush and you probably still beat him. And then and then he wouldn't know how you got there. He'd be like, what? How did you run this far? Mm. You know, so there's a there's just a tip. Yeah. Um, or a taxi. Taxi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or, uh, or you could apparate. Uh, the other the other thing. Um, she gave him the leather shoes. They swapped. Right. So they have the same size feet. Don't overthink it. How did he fit in these little girl's shoes? Maybe she has big feet for a is little it, Or maybe it's like the one ring. Is it oh. ma- shoes? Well, they are magical shoes. Yeah, but they still fell apart after running around a lake three times. No, so. his... This is a good point. <laughs> It's a great story. I have some notes. I'll put I'll, I'll, when just, I come out with this just edition. Send, just send them to the official uh, stories of the. Nord- I will. Of we'll Nordic, add some Nordic more footnotes. Just for the record, this comes from a book called Nordic Tales: Folk Tales from Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, and Denmark, with illustrations by Ulla Thanell. It's a beautiful so, book. It's a great book. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to introduce you to John Erickson. Okay, we are back, and it is time to introduce you to this week's special guest, John Erickson. He has written and published 70, what was he said, 79 Hank the Cowdog books. He's working on an 80th one, and apparently he has written also more than 600 articles in his career. He's a genuine cowboy, as we talk about on the show. Lives on a ranch. Lives on a ranch in Texas. And um, if you love these books, as I said earlier, I think you're going to really like this uh episode um he uh doesn't eat a lot of sweets though so be forewarned that uh you were not here a lot of um doritos or uh like candy talk black coffee black coffee black coffee all right that that about says it all right so with that with that let's get it over to our conversation with the one the only the mr john erickson well we are here with uh, someone who I think is a is a literary hero of a lot of our listeners, in parents and children alike. It's John Erickson. John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. Glad to be here. We're going to start with a question that we ask every author since episode one. It was a question that was sent in by by a kid, and uh, you know it might be the most important question that you have to answer today. Uh, we'll see. John, do you prefer Cheetos or Doritos? 
<laughs> well, uh, I think I probably prefer Cheetos, but I'm married to a woman who is a nutritionist. Uh, mm. We don't get to see either one of those very often. <laughs> now, you're from Texas, right? <laughs> so do you eat Fritos? Because I have heard that Fritos are the, you know, that and tortilla chips are the, the, the state chip in Texas. We don't eat much uh, manufactured food. My wife cooks everything from scratch. Mm. and uh, Sounds delicious. So <clears throat> I live a deprived life. <laughs> <laughs> David, what I'm hearing is less corn chip and more corn on the cob. Yeah, yeah, yeah perhaps. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. do you, how much of your food then, we're going to talk about this later because we have a question from the kids about your ranch. How much food do you grow? Do you do you have a garden? Does, uh, does what she's cooking with tend to be things that you get from your own garden or local ranchers? Uh, when we were younger, Chris always had a big garden, and mm-hmm. uh, we had a son-in-law who was a good gardener, and and we had a lot of produce off the ranch. But mm-hmm. in 2017, we got in the path of a huge wildfire, and mm. we lost our home and my office, my library. And oh, man. Uh, our garden, our picnic ground, and we just never have bounced back from that. So, but but Chris, mm. Chris buys a lot of her vegetables fresh, and uh, she shops uh, in an organic food store in Amarillo when she's and Amarillo's 120 miles from here, so we don't get there very often. But you know, we raise our own beef. We we mm. uh, we process our own uh, grass fed beef. And have since 1974. So, so I, th- I think a lot of kids are going to assume you're a real cowboy then. Yes, I definitely was. That was something that I wanted to do when I was young. I was raised on my mother's stories about her, her father and grandfather, who were both ranchers mm. around Lubbock, Texas. And uh, she had uncles who were cowboys and ranchers. And uh, so when I was young, I never thought about being a writer, but I did think about being a cowboy and a rancher. And it's something that hmm. I came back to after six years of college. And uh, and I went to work as a ranch cowboy. And that's how I made my living for eight years. And when we had uh, two, three small children. And that seems to be the only thing that I can write well about. I, I hmm. tried being a big city writer, a sophisticated writer a literary writer, and it didn't work. I lived in New York City for two summers and uh, lived in uh, Austin, Texas for six years and uh, lived in Boston, Massachusetts, Cambridge, Massachusetts uh, for two years. And Not for you, huh? Well, I was, I was really surprised when I realized that I couldn't wash Texas off. Mm-hmm. It was not just a bad smell. It was uh, it was my skin. <laughs> so cowboying was uh, my opportunity to burrow back into my my history and my roots, and it was something that uh, made my changed my writing from depressing uh, angst that one catches in the air in a university community <laughs> back then, and. Uh, but that was not the air I was breathing when I was horseback. And, uh, mm. and that's the, the air that's in the Hank stories. Yeah. 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 
Well, we've got so many kids who are big fans of those Hank stories. So, Graham, should we jump into a couple questions from these families, or should we do? I should we talk so. about coffee first? Well, we have uh, John. We have one one other food question that that we the kids like to know, um, and I think I might know the answer to this one. But uh, John, are you a coffee man or a tea man? Black coffee. He's spoken like a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Do you know any cowboys who don't drink their coffee black? Well, uh, I can't think of any. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think I've ever met one who said, you know, let me just get, uh, let me get some half and half and a couple dabs of sugar in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump into one here about, um, about some of his inspirations as a kid. What were the books that you loved when you were a boy? You mentioned that your mom had some stories that, that she would tell you, but were there books that you loved as a kid that have inspired you too? Well, the book that was imprinted most deeply on me was the King James Bible. Mm. And uh, the Bible was very prominent in my home. And uh, we went to church every time the doors were open. Mm. And uh, I got a very good background in Bible, memorizing uh, the books of the Bible, memorizing uh, passages from the Bible in a uh, Baptist Sunday school. So that was that was the most influential book of my youth. Now, my parents were both very bookish people. They they loved books. They had uh, bookshelves in the living room of their house. When people came in, they saw floor-to-ceiling shelves of books. Mm-hmm. I had books in my room, <clears throat> and I didn't read them. Mm-hmm. Teachers are, are disappointed to hear me say that, but I was not a big reader. I was an outside kid. I played with dogs and cats. Uh, we invented our own games. We played in the dirt. Uh, we threw clods at each other, <laughs> tomatoes at each other. We did not, or I did not, read books. And I get a lot of mail, fan mail, from parents and teachers of kids who are autistic and dyslexic who talk about how this certain kid didn't read anything until third grade when the teacher in uh, desperation let him listen to a Hank story, one of the audio books, and then start following along with the book, the written book. Mm. It's a story that I've heard so many times that it makes me suspect that I might have been dyslexic. I might still be dyslexic. Mm. But, uh, you know, the word didn't exist when I was growing up. Um, I did very well in school until uh, fifth grade when it was getting more important to, to read. And uh, and I was an average student after that and not not very good student in high school. Hmm. But in fourth grade, my my fourth grade teacher read Tom Sawyer aloud to us. And I I really connected with Mark Twain and I liked it so much that I read the book myself and then read Huckleberry Finn. Hmm. So after the King James Bible, uh, Tom Sawyer is the most important book in my mm. my childhood. I think that if I'd had Hank books to read, I would have I would have liked reading better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was that something that was important to you then? Were you trying to create books that for kids that didn't necessarily love to read? Was that something you thought about? No. Okay. I've never written a children's book in my life. 
the Hank books were written for <clears throat> for uh, the cowboys that I was working with, hmm. and I assumed that most of them were slow readers, reluctant readers, impatient readers, and they they liked humorous stories. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I wrote the first Hank book, uh, I had to self-publish it, and my wife was my editor, and she read the first Hank book, and she said this would make a great children's story, and it made me mad. And I said, I don't <laughs> write children's stories. Huh. So I didn't uh, set out to write children's stories. If I had an audience in mind, it was cowboys or their families sitting around a kitchen table hmm. on a farm or a ranch somewhere in Texas and reading aloud to each other. Well, it's the first time we've had somebody who didn't write children's books on the show. <laughs> uh, we have a question here from uh, Jesse, and she is wondering if any of your characters in the books were based off of dogs or people that you knew in real life. Yes, to both. <clears throat> uh, I had a, a particular dog in mind when I came up with the character of Hank and Drover. And Pete the barn cat. They were animals that I knew when I was cowboying at the time that uh, I wrote that story. Hank was a, an Australian shepherd who lived on a ranch in Oklahoma. I was working in Oklahoma for six years. He was a dog who wasn't very smart, but he was uh, he was loyal. He was sweet. He was brave. He thought that he was head of ranch security, and he took the <laughs> His job very seriously, <laughs> and uh, and you know that character has he he came dropped out of the sky fully formed, and and so did Drover, and so did Pete, and and uh, Slim and High Loper, Sally yeah. May. Those those most important characters were in place in the first story I wrote, which was a short story that ran in the Cattleman Magazine. Most people have never read the, that first story, but it was in my first self-published book when I started Maverick Books. It was called The Devil in Texas and Other Cowboy Tales. And there were two stories with Hank and Drover in there, and I did not consider them necessarily uh, the best of the 14 stories in the book. But when I read my stories aloud to promote the book, uh, I remember one day I I read the Hank story for the Perryton Rodeo uh, Rotary Club, which my father was a member of. I had never read it before. I didn't think it was my best story, but I thought I'd give it a try. And I was shocked at the response. People just uh, they just uh, howled with laughter. And after the program, they people came up and said you need to do more with that dog. That's really good. And if they hadn't told me that, people in my hometown, not literary critics, not English professors, just ordinary citizens, if they hadn't told me that, I'm not sure that I ever would have recognized that there was magic in that set of characters. Mm. So uh, that's a good argument for doing free programs when you're trying to establish yourself as a writer. Well, we have a 
a question and a comment here from a woman named Renee, who uh, it's, it's kind of related to what you're talking about. And she says, I took my oldest son to meet his first ever author in person when John Erickson came to Houston years ago. Kyle, that, that son, turns 40 this year, and I will always treasure that memory. No questions, just heartfelt thanks. And then she says, okay, I thought of a couple. How do you come up with the ideas for the different voices of the characters, and what is your favorite small town in Texas? Well, my favorite small town in Texas is the one I I grew up in, and the one, uh, well, we don't live in Perryton. We live 40 miles south of Perryton on a ranch in the Canadian River Valley. But that's where I started Maverick Books in my uh, garage. That's where uh, we have Maverick Books today. That's where every Hank book in the Milky Way galaxy originates in the warehouse, yes. uh, Maverick Books Warehouse in Perryton, Texas. Mm. Uh, now let's see, what was the uh, the first question about uh, the voices? Where do you come up with the voices oh. for the characters when you're doing the audiobooks, I suppose? Huh. You know, a lot of what I do is is a uh, is very mysterious. <laughs> I've never taken an acting course. I have no degree that says that I'm qualified to do audiobooks. I just, uh, I had been shut out of uh, the conventional methods of getting published, which is through a New York publishing house. So I was forced to uh, live by my wits and to use talents that uh, I ordinarily would not have used. They would have just been dormant. But I... I had a, a little gift for uh, acting in church plays. I got to be Jesus and Moses. So <laughs> I had all the good parts. I had a little uh, a little gift there, and I sang in uh, in church church choirs. I sang in school choirs. I played in the band. I was in school plays. It was something that was just uh, natural to me. I, I got the gift and didn't do anything to earn it. And so uh, to promote myself as an author, I started in my, my little hometown and started doing readings from these short stories that came out in my first book. And uh, I found that it was easy for me and, and I enjoyed it. I tried to find somebody somebody else, a professional group in Arlington, Texas, to do the first audiobook of the first Hank uh, episode. They sent me a contract, and I never did sign it, have a chance to sign it and send it back because I got uh, word that, that they had declared bankruptcy. Hmm. So uh, I'd always thought of these Hank stories. They come out of an, an, uh, an oral tradition of storytelling. Hmm. Which is, uh, well, it, it comes from this Western cowboy tradition that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, some of my best teachers in that oral tradition were black friends in Austin, Texas. And I used to study the way they told stories. They were gifted, very gifted storytellers in this oral community. These people did not have books in their house. Mm. Most of them, but they they were very gifted storytellers, and so I I observed them very carefully and started putting their storytelling techniques into my writing. 
and eventually that merged with my own uh, native cowboy tradition, and and it popped out in the first Hank book, and I wanted it. I wanted it to be an audio book. I had never been in a sound studio in my life. I didn't know that there was one in the Texas Panhandle, but somebody, uh, the owner of the Perryton radio station, told me that there was a sound studio in Amarillo and gave me a name and a number, and I called the guy, asked him if he'd ever done an audio book. Nope, never done <laughs> one. And I said, well, I haven't either. <laughs> what would you think about trying to uh, record an audio book? He said, yeah, well, come on, come on over and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> and so I did all the voice parts, which was a little spooky because I was in this uh, this soundproof room with with a glass that showed him in the control room staring at, at lights. And he wasn't laughing. He wasn't even smiling. And I was reading <laughs> a funny story. So it, it was kind of spooky. And when I was done, I said, that must have been really awful. You didn't even smile. And he said, hey, I, I was working. I, I, I heard you. It was good. What do you want me to do with this? And I said, I was raised on radio. Uh, we didn't have television till I was in the eighth grade. My father despised television. But I'm, I was a radio kid. Make it sound like an old-time radio program. And he smiled. And he, he was a radio guy. He, he had been a DJ before he got into the sound studio business. So he added, he added background sound effects and music. Some of it was chase music. Some of it was soap opera, love music. <laughs> and so that was where the audiobooks came from. That first book had um, 14 character voices, and I was straining myself <laughs> to do all those voices. And I didn't rehearse. Uh, they just, I may have thought a little bit about it. Hank was kind of my, my voice uh, with an edge on it. It's me again, Hank the cow dog. And Grover talked like this, and he, he oh, my, my leg's giving me trouble, Hank. I don't know if I can do that or not. <laughs> and uh, Pete was, uh, had a kind of a snotty, whiny voice. And uh, Sally Mae, I did that voice in falsetto. <clears throat> uh, Slim's voice was, uh, I pitched it a little bit low. And, Hank, get out of the way, you think. <laughs> so I just kind of invented them as I went along. Yeah. I just finished recording book number 80 uh, a couple of weeks ago. I still uh, enjoy doing them. I enjoy listening to them. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, customer of audible.com mm -hmm. because I can't buy a pickup that plays uh, CDs anymore or cassette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I made a, Huge investment in Hank CDs, and then and before that, Hank uh, cassettes, and now yeah. they're obsolete. So I'm I'm uh, giving my business to Audible.com. <laughs> but uh, I really I really love that that uh, that medium of the spoken story. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've made a pretty nice living performing Hank stories in front of. Uh, audiences of uh well primarily in schools public schools christian schools 
to conventions of librarians and teachers and homeschoolers. I, I'm fixing to go to a homeschool convention in Houston the 1st of June, I believe. So I'm pretty good at performing those stories. And uh, well, that's a long, a long answer to a simple question. And the answer is probably not very satisfying to people who listen to this, but I really don't know where those things come from. I never rehearse a book. I don't study on a character. Now, when I write a character, it's better if I have an idea of what that character talks like before I go into the studio. So I probably have given it some thought. Yeah. But uh, what can I say? I, I've got it's a a gift that was given to me, and uh, I'm trying to uh, be a good shepherd of it. Mm. Well, I think that uh, I think listeners will agree with your assessment that you are pretty good at the audio portion. Uh, we have a lot of comments about how much people love the audiobooks, and and uh, you had mentioned that the new one is book number. 80 of of Hank. And so this next question is going to be kind of difficult, or maybe not. Uh, but Eden is wondering what your favorite book is that you've ever written. Uh, and Liam and Walker and Tristan say something similar. They're wondering, do any of the stories from the series still make you chuckle? Well, I am listening to uh, book number 79, Double Trouble. I've been, I've listened to it several times since the uh, since it came out on Audible. And I I play it in my pickup when I'm driving around the ranch. And um, I don't listen to uh, commercial radio much, but um, I listen to those audio books a lot. And, and uh, if I'm not listening to Hank book, well, I, I listen to, I just finished uh, listening to a 19-hour long book <laughs> written by a, a British fellow named Graham Hancock who does a lot of uh, writing about an ancient cultures, particularly uh, ancient Egypt, and mm. so I'm I'm a big user of audio books, and I I love the Hank audios. Now, as to as to a favorite book, it's like asking a mother <clears throat> which of her seventy nine children she loves the best. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably one book that gave you the most trouble, though. Just like well, just like one kid for some people, right? <laughs> You know, the books that caused me trouble got thrown out. Mm. Mm. I didn't save them. Mm. If, if writing a Hank book is hard, then something's wrong. And I've mm. thrown out six books. Mm. I like to let a book sit for three years before, before it goes to the printer. And, uh, mm. and I, I revise it probably 50 times, just polishing the way you'd polish a piece of furniture. So that it doesn't have any splinters when you run your hand over it. That's good. Well, we got a question here from Tiana. And Tiana wants to know where you come up with all the jokes. Well, I never heard them called jokes. Uh, it's not the word that I would use. Uh, but where do I come up with all the humor? Well, I don't listen to news. I don't <laughs> do Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I don't do TikTok. Uh, I live with a great wife, and uh, we have wonderful friends in a wonderful community. Uh, I can look out my window and see the beauty of a of the Canadian River Valley canyons and 
and uh, chinaberry trees, and uh, there's a cardinal outside my window right now. Hmm. So <clears throat> out of that, and I, also I hang out with dogs. I have two dogs mm-hmm. who go with me every time. Anytime I open the door of a pickup, they expect to load. They they expect to go. Mm-hmm. If I say no, I'm going to town. They hang their heads and tuck their tails, and <clears throat> mm-hmm. they've obviously been rejected. And mm-hmm. uh, and when you hang out with dogs, you've got to laugh if you. Uh, if you pay any attention to them, they, I don't know that they're any sillier than human beings are, but, uh, they're certainly silly in some of the things they do. They take yeah. themselves very seriously. And <laughs> <laughs> I talk to my dogs, uh, the way slim chance does. I play pranks on them. I play monster with them sometimes make claws and teeth and come creeping towards them. <clears throat> <laughs> So the humor is, it's in the culture that I live in. And uh, the country people in in the Texas panhandle, they have a a lively sense of humor. Well, Graham, should should we do another question or should we jump into the quiz? I I think it's quiz time. Okay. Now, as I said, this is not a quiz that needs to be um, taken very seriously. As we've been discussing here, John, you're the author of the Hank the Cowdog books. And so this is a quiz about uh, famous Hanks, fa- various people who have the name either Hank or Hanks in, in their name. So we're going to do some uh, questions about famous Hanks. And uh, if you get none of them right, then you're probably on the right track. So, okay, so we got four questions here for you. And uh, the first one is about, uh, it's about a Hank, I think you probably know a little bit about, especially if you like baseball at all, or you did at any point in your life. So, you know, the famous baseball player, Hank Aaron, for a long time, he was the uh, leader in in home runs and uh, a a legend, one of my grandpa's favorite players. So which of the following facts, John Erickson, is not true about Hank Aaron? Which of the following facts is not true about Hank Aaron? A, A, The Atlanta Braves changed their uniforms to blue from red because Hank Aaron was partial to blue. Hmm. Hank Aaron's favorite food is dried mango. C. Hank Aaron grew up in Alabama. D. His nickname was the Hammer and Hank. Or E. All of these are true. That's really not fair, I know. Well, I'm going to just go with all are true. Well... If I told you that his favorite food was not dried mango, but was in fact fish, what would you think about that? Well, I would be crushed, of course. <laughs> as, as I said, if you get them all wrong, then you're probably doing something right here on this, on this quiz. Okay, well, so were you a baseball fan? As, when I was a kid, I was. Uh, I played baseball. We, our church had a church league, and so mm-hmm. I started playing in that church league, our, our school had no baseball program at that time. But I I used to uh, listen to baseball on the radio. And yeah. my favorite teams were the New York Giants and uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Hmm. At that time, I don't think uh, Milwaukee had a team. No, they well, no, because they had the Braves for a while. Then the Braves moved to Atlanta. And then it came. <clears throat> well, I remember... <clears throat> 
Hank Aaron, I, I collected baseball cards. Oh, yeah. But this would have been 1954, 55. I don't know if Hank Aaron was that old. I don't think he was quite playing at that point. Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra were, were the big stars on the yeah. Yankees. Mm -hmm. We had a book growing up at our house that was all the funny things that Yogi Berra would say. Yeah. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Stuff like that. <laughs> uh, okay. Here, here's another Hank. Uh, Hank Williams. Which of the following is not true about legendary country music singer Hank Williams? A. His real name was Hindo. B. He wrote 128 songs. C, he was from Alabama. Or D, he taught guitar lessons in exchange for meals. So A, his real name was Hindo. B, he wrote 128 songs. C, he was from Alabama. Or D, he taught guitar lessons in exchange for meals. His name could not have been Hindo. That is true. His name was not Hindo. It was Hiram. But... There are other famous Hanks who had the nickname Hindo, uh, according to my uh, crack research team. Okay, here we go. Tom Hanks, famous actor. Maybe, you know, he's been around for a while now. Which of the following facts about Tom Hanks is not true? You're, you're getting a trend about how this, this thing kind of works here. <laughs> a, Tom Hanks is related to Abraham Lincoln. B, Tom Hanks collects old typewriters. C, Tom Hanks is actually an honorary citizen of Greece. D, there is an international Tom Hanks Day, or E, all of the above. He, he could not possibly collect old typewriters. Well, he actually does collect old typewriters. And in fact, all of those are true. Tom Hanks actually funded a documentary on old typewriters, and he has uh, dozens of them himself and still writes on them, apparently. Hmm. It's a good piece of trivia on Tom Hanks. Okay, yeah. the last one here is about people with the name Hank in general. Hank's just, you know, people named Hank. In 2020, which of the following facts are not true about people named Hank? Okay, in 2020, one in 2,600 children were named Hank. In 2020. B, the name Hank means home ruler or some variation of that. D, Hank is short for Henry because the Dutch brought the name Hank to New York in the 17th century, and Hank was the diminutive of Hendrik, which was how Hank developed, being short for Henry in the United States. Or D, the name is originally derived from an old German word, Hankenstein, which means handsome goblet. Which of those things is not true? Number one. One in 2,600 children were named Hank? Yeah. No, sadly, that is actually true. One in 2,600 children were named Hank in 2020, which I honestly, I attribute to the Hank the Cowdog books. Well, I know that there has been a dramatic increase in the number of dogs named Hank in the last <laughs> 30 or 40 years. What are your dogs named? Uh, Rosie is a red healer and Pepper is a blue healer. Okay. And are they working dogs? Yeah. Well... Uh, Rosie is uh, is a good stock dog. If if I had started her younger and had been smart enough to teach a dog, uh, she would have made a good stock dog. As it is, she she's pretty good at, at 
loading cattle into a stock trailer, she'll get in behind them and and uh, she has no fear. Mm. She'll go after a two thousand pound bull and uh, isn't frightened of them at all, even if they kick her or come after. Now she'll run and hide, but then she'll go right back. Mm. Dogs are uh, amazing creatures. They are. All right, John, the last thing we have here for you before we ask you one final question. So I guess the penultimate thing we have here for you is our word of the week. This is a segment where we have a a wild word and we are going to try to figure out what it means. So Graham, did you, uh, John, we have a we have a bookstore troll here at, at Goldberry Books and uh, he likes to cause all kinds of havoc in the night being nocturnal and all that. He took our word of the week dictionary that we use here on the podcast and Graham tends to have to negotiate with the bookstore troll to get the word of the week back. Graham, did you manage to negotiate this week and get a word? Okay, yep, I went down. I have the word here. It is right here. Um, Thank you. I'm not going to talk about what they requested this time. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. I don't want to... I don't want to make this a sad podcast or make you upset, David. You're not going to like this. Oh, is it involved spending more money on a bookstore troll? We'll talk about it okay. later. Okay. All right. That's probably for the best. Okay. All right. The word of the week this week is... Okay. It is Gabberlunzi. G-A-B-E-R-L-U-N-Z-I-E. Gabberlunzi. Let's take a minute. We'll come back and we will try to figure out what we think this word means. Okay, we are back, and uh, Mr. Erickson here, he had a, a funny idea. He suggested that he wanted to watch as Graham and I uncomfortably try to figure out what this word might mean. He's going to just listen as we talk our way through this one. Graham, do you have any thoughts on what Gabberlunzi might mean? Well, okay, so the first thing I think of with Gabber is somebody that talks too much. So maybe yep. it's a maybe it's a, a device or a creature. Maybe it's a creature that you 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 purchase or acquire in some way that lives on your shoulder <laughs> and and lunges at somebody else when they talk too much to maybe puts the creature hand over their I don't mouth know about lunging like though because it's lunzi l u n z i e but the, it works the g- it's close enough <laughs> so it's it's something that you put on your shoulder that that uh stops people from talking too much doesn't that sound great i think that sounds like one definition that is Implausible, but better than anything else we are likely to come up with. <laughs> Gabber, what, 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 what do you, you think, think of with Lunzi? Lunzi is the tricky part, I think. Well, I think, do you think it's a noun or a verb or an adjective? I think it's got to be think a, it's noun. a noun. Okay. All right. So we're yeah. read on that. It's a noun. Um, a Gabber, that makes sense. It doesn't have two B's in it. So it could be Gaber Lunzi is the problem. I could be pronouncing it all wrong. Lunz, Lunz. Um, it doesn't sound English is the problem. <laughs> it doesn't. It sounds, it sounds German to me. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. So it's kind of a wild word. It, you know, it's not even that long, but it's uh, throwing us into a state of confusion here. All right. Take a look. What, okay. What's the answer? Lunzi, yep. Know. I'm full unfolding. Okay. Gabber Lunzi. You were wrong. A Gabber Lunzi is a wandering beggar. A wandering beggar. Really? Where did it come from? Does it, Let's, do you have any idea? It's bound to have yeah. roots in some some language, and I bet that it's German or or Dutch. It's a. It looks like it's a combination of two yep. different languages. That's why it's really confusing. French meaning 
Gabon, a cloak with tight sleeves and a hood. And lane means wool. Beggars often wore coarse woolen gowns. So it comes from, from, and it looks like maybe there's a Dutch, as over time it did evolve into the Dutch a little yeah, bit as it Z came there. to English. Yeah. Well, you learn something new every day. <laughs> and I have a feeling that it would, you know, it might be tough to incorporate the word Gabberlunzi into a, a Hank the Cowdog book, although I'm sure there is an occasional wandering beggar that might wander into one of the stories. John, thank you so much for coming on. Before we go, I want to ask you one last question. What advice do you have for kids who are listening to this podcast who want to do what you do, who want to be writers? Marry for wealth. <laughs> uh, I definitely, we haven't heard that one before. But a bunch of nine-year-olds just wrote it on their to-do list. Yeah. No, I, I, I get asked that question a lot, and I have several pieces of non-frivolous advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is the most important ingredient in uh, good writing is that you have to have something to say. So before you write, you should live. And that can be, it doesn't have to be adventurous. It can be something as as mundane and depressing as raising children. It's a great source of of education. Uh, If I were teaching English, which I've never done and, and really wouldn't like to, but I diagram sentences in my head. One of the things that I got out of my small town school was the discipline of diagramming sentences. And the Hank books are not children's books. They were written for adults who were slow readers. And there is a form of English that's accessible to everybody from the age of four or five or six years old to a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. And it's it's made up of subject, verb, and object. And I di- I diagram sentences in my head and it uh, it simplifies the the process so that it's understandable to people of all ages. And uh I would say write about something you know about and something that you love. Try to give nourishment to your readers instead of poison. I think that one of the most basic rules about art and music and any artistic expression is the same standard that you would apply to a hot tamale. If it poisons or sickens, then it's not good. Hmm. Stories should bring light, not darkness. And if you... If you have no light in your life, don't write or write write in a journal and, and keep it in a dark closet. Don't inflict it on anybody else. If you don't have anything beautiful to say, don't say anything. Go, go watch birds and maybe they can teach you something. And the last piece of advice is don't write anything that would shame your mother. Well, that's a great place to end. Don't write anything that would shame your mother. Uh, we're a couple of weeks after uh, Mother's Day here, so I think uh, that's an appropriate, appropriate bit of advice. John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us and telling us some stories. We we really appreciated it. We're honored. Okay. Well, good luck with your independent bookstore. I'm all I'm a big fan of independent bookstores. Well, thank you. We definitely have your books on the shelves there, and they sell. So we're, we appreciate you. 
That was John Erickson, and we are grateful to him for coming on. He's someone we've actually gotten requested a lot, so it's cool so that uh, some of the kids got to get their questions. You, you know what he said him. after that interview? Do you remember? He 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 said um, it wasn't recorded, but he said, "All right, thanks, guys. I got to go down to uh, that's right. What do you say? The, the excavation? Yep. Apparently, on his property, they found a like a what a thousand year old? Yeah, no more than that." Because it was like prehistoric for at least for our country, like uh, Indian dwellings. Like yeah. they don't even have names for whatever tribe. We don't know like. what tribe they were there yeah, before the Apaches and all that. Yeah. So they've been digging it up for what do you say, like a ten years? I think he said they started twenty years ago with ex- excavations. There. And they're still going. It sounds so cool. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and we said, "Can we come down and see?" It? He said, "No." And then he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're grateful to him for for coming on. Hope you enjoyed that. Now, it's time for Riddle Time. Before we get to that, though, should we tell the kids what's happening in these next two episodes? Yes. So, as everyone knows, with the window, uh, we have nine ep- nine episode seasons. And this is episode seven. Uh, next episode is going to be eight. It's, it's going to be an episode without a guest. And it's going to be where we read. It's a very special episode. We've never done this before. We are going to read all... Uh, we are going to read... The kids' stories that they've sent in to right. us. A selection of some of our favorites. So uh, last season we said, hey, send us some stories you're working on. A lot of you did. Yeah. Um, and we said, let's make it a contest. We'll pick one. Well, we're not going to do that. Uh, we changed our minds. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna read more Talk than podcast, one. podcast, all right. Yeah, we're going to read more than one. So maybe even like four or five. Um, and if yours doesn't get read, we're going to keep them. Yeah, we're and gonna... as people keep sending stuff in, we're going to kind of make a, a little folder on our computer Yep. Maybe next season we'll do it again if 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 you guys like this. And we're gonna we're gonna you know you know how when we read a story like I just read, Logan drops in sound effects and stuff. We're gonna enrich these stories through yeah. sound effects as well. And so. they're so fun and good. Yep, it's and be then great. David, I'm gonna ask you a few questions too in the next Wait, episode. Right? Anyway, oh, okay. and then uh, and we still will do lazy words and some other segments. Yeah. Well, we gotta have snack time. But, yeah, I mean, uh, and maybe there'll be a special sponsor next episode. We'll see. Uh, and then finally, the episode after that is going to be episode nine, which is question Palooza, which is question Pafivza. And on our Substack, um, we'll post a thread where people can ask us questions. Yeah. We'll post that thread in before episode. Should we post it before episode eight goes up so people have plenty of time to send us questions for that? I think I'm going to post it today. You're going to just post it tonight. Okay. Um, and then, but please don't ask us questions like, do you like Hershey's better than Kit Kat? Because we've already we've already yeah, established send that, that stuff that we've we've already established. Tell us that you don't listen. Yeah, we'll know. Because it'll be like, of course we like Kit Kat better than Hershey. We just said it. Yeah, right. But actually, Graham, do you like Hershey's better than Kit Kat? Okay, or? here's the thing. In two weeks, I won't remember that we did that. <laughs> so I'll be like, oh, that's a great question. You don't want to have your memory <laughs> checked out. Well, that's very true. All right, you got okay. a riddle. Well, last week's riddle. We got to give oh, the yeah, answer last, last week. Last week. Would you like to give the answer? Well, we you had four cars say, at four way yeah. stops. They all turned at the same time, but they didn't crash. No, 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 no. They all went at the they same all went time. At the same time. <laughs> you just told the answer. Ah. Okay, they. You said they all came to a four way stop and they all went right, but they did not crash into each other. Right, and the answer is that they all turned right. They all turned right. Right. So, Correct. being that they all turned right. There's no problem with that. Everybody just went on their merry way. Did the kids do a good job answering it? Great job. And then one person said they all went in reverse, which I can't remember how we worded it, but if if you said all the cars went, 
uh, I think it's a good answer because they all went backwards. Okay. Cars okay. can well, accept go backward. That. Now, remember, if you get the answer to these riddles right, you get entered into the bucket of correct answers throughout the whole season. And then at the end of the season, we're going to draw a name and we're going to send some books to, to one lucky winner that got riddles right throughout the season. So The decline and fall of the Roman Empire <laughs> in four volumes. In Latin. Okay. Actually, I want that. Yes, yeah, I know, good. right? So, wait, don't you have the fall, decline and fall of the Roman Empire? Uh, I did. I sold it. Oh, okay. I was just... Uh, anyway. It got into too far disrepair. It was hard to read. <laughs> you sold it. Okay. <laughs> uh, by it, do you mean your brain? <laughs> um, okay. So, that brings us to this week's riddle. Now, Graham. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the episode, you introduced us to, to a character. Do you remember who that was? No. Jimmy. Jimmy. Remember Jimmy? No. Jimmy Sprinkles? Jimmy. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy uh, what do we say? Yeah, something like Jimmy Sprinkles. We'll go with Jimmy Sprinkles. So, one day, Jimmy Sprinkles was on his way out to get some donuts because, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. He was walking down the street. So as he's walking down the street, he turned the corner onto the street where his favorite donut shop was. Mm -hmm. And he was going on a donut crawl so that he had to turn three different corners to go to three different shops. Love it. He turned the first corner. It's the best Saturday ever. I know, right? He turned the first corner. And as he's turning the corner, he got thwacked right in the face. With a donut? No, with the brim of somebody's hat. Ooh. He got hit right in the face. His nose is bleeding. He's holding his hand up to it, and all he hears is a man say, Would you get out of my way, please? I'm a lawyer, and I've got to get to court. Jimmy Sprinkles says, Yep. I was just trying to get a donut. Sounds just like Jimmy. And the lawyer said, Out of my way. And on he went. Well, he got his nosebleed under control, went to the donut shop, got two long johns, maple long johns filled with, uh, with... Bavarian cream mm. uh, with sprinkles on them, of course, with some jimmies on them, and uh, got them in the box, and he started down the road. Well, his second favorite donut shop was around the corner. Now, he's turned around that corner, and what do you think happened? Whack! Thwack! He got hit in the face again by the brim of another hat. Why is that lawyer back? Well, actually, this time it wasn't a lawyer. This time, it was the brim of a hat worn by a man who said, Hey, I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm a plumber. And the Smiths up the road, their toilet's exploding. Get out of my way. David, I have to stop you. Okay. Plumbers don't sound like that. What do they sound like? They sound like this. It's me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, also has a brim on his hat. Get out of my way. He said that, yes. And, <laughs> and on he went. Well, anyway... Once again, Jimmy Sprinkles had to get his nosebleed under control, went to the donut shop. This time he got uh, a dozen donut holes because just mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, you got to mix it up. So he got a dozen donut holes assorted. Of course, you got to get some cinnamon. Some cinnamon sugar, some powdered sugar, some chocolate. Yeah. Went on his way, turned the next corner to go to his third favorite donut shop. Now, his third favorite donut shop he was going to because they had apple fritters. And let me tell you, he was so excited about the apple fritter. He started running. And he runs, and he turns the corner, and what do you think happened? Fell down a manhole. (laughs) (laughs) He got hit in the face by another hat. Now this time, he said, I'm so sorry, I was running. I I, I just had to get to the the apple fritter. 
And the man said, Oh, well, it's okay, son. I just came from a donut place, too. And he held it up, and sure enough, he was holding the donuts from the exact place that was Jimmy Sprinkle's third favorite donut shop. Hmm. And he said, It's okay. Have a great day. Enjoy your donuts. And Jimmy Sprinkles was was so happy that he, uh, well ran to the donut shop and he this time he just bought a dozen donuts because yeah you know he was in a good mood now probably got some extra napkins better, right? yeah. to stick up his nostrils yeah exactly 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 you gotta buy the extra donuts to get the extra napkins yeah, yeah. so afterwards jimmy sprinkles went home with his dozen donuts his two long johns and his dozen donut holes he goes home and he makes himself a cup of coffee he's sitting on the couch and he's reflecting on his adventure his again great saturday right yeah great saturday so he's having a great morning uh, probably playing some Mario Kart. And uh, he's sitting there and he's thinking about it. And he realizes, oh, that third man, he had a, a police officer's uniform on. So he, had a, he, he walked into a lawyer, a plumber, and a police officer. Hmm. Started thinking about it, sort of reflecting on his day and thinking about how there's just all kinds of different people in the world. But here's the question, he wondered. He got hit in the face three times by hats. What are the odds that he got a bloody nose three times because of hats? Yeah. Now he's thinking about it. He was trying to remember which hat was the biggest who had the biggest hat so that's the riddle which of these three men had the biggest hat the police officer the plumber can you do the plumber it's me a plumber <laughs> or the lawyer can it's you do a me a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> so there's your there's your question if you want to send in the answer to this riddle yeah how do they do that Graham? uh you will send it into us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com or Click the link in the show notes to our Substack. No, no, don't do that. Don't no, do yeah, that. Don't do. Don't email send it email to, us. to us so that other people don't see. That's it. right. Don't so don't post it publicly. Had, had you know? I, I love this had, riddle. Had, had the biggest hat. I think this one's really fun. Yeah, it, and it, and I it's very tricky. And I can't wait to hear how Logan makes it sound. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we probably should shout out Logan again uh, for all the hard work that he does. Who's on that? Show. He's our editor, our, our, our audio oh. engineer. Oh. Sound effects that makes you sound like Logan. your voice is not sound as, yeah. as uh, weird as it really is. Logan. Yeah. Logan. Shout out to Logan. All right, well, Grant, that brings us to the end of another exciting and strange episode of uh, Deranged, maybe, episode of, of Withy Windle. How are you feeling about this one? Oh, I think this was really fun. Uh, it might be the sugar talking. Um, it might be, and it's late at night for us yes. right now. All right, well, for Graham Pittman, I'm David Kern. Until next time, happy reading. It's me, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>